boom, a couple quick logistics. Get caught up on your badges so you were on the Hall of Fame shipper slide on Sunday celebration call. Only the people who have every single badge will be on it. Captain's table enrollment. We've had a ton of people already hop aboard. We cap it at 20% of every cohort just so we don't, you know, we're able to keep it a tight, tight knit community. We're at 17%. We expect to hit that in the next couple of days. So if you're on the fence, lock in that spot. We'll be reopening it at the end of the August cohort. Celebration call Sunday, 12 p.m. It's the best call. Be there if you can. It's so much fun. We get to share stories. We'll get to come up on stage, share any wins, jam with us. Usually goes for a while, and I got all day to sit around and jam. So block some time, make it to that Sunday call. We'll do some good reflection. Top shippers, every single badge. Look at that. Look at those badges. badges. Nicely done. Nicely done. We included everyone, even if they didn't have this week's rapid fire badge, just to keep because we know that a lot of people claim that in the middle of the week, and we don't have another slide until Sunday. So if you're on this list and you don't have the fifth rapid fire, that's okay. We let you in. We snuck you in. But good job to everyone else. Look at look at all these badges. Does that does everyone remember back at badge one? Where you were just you're like, I just want to get my ship. That's it. I just want to get sailing. And now look at everything that we've covered. It's crazy how mm-hmm. much. What's the quote? People underestimate what they can do in a year and overestimate what they can do in 10 years. Something like that. You know, same thing with 30 days, right? It's like 30 days doesn't seem like that much, but think about how much you've gone through and how much you've internalized and how much you've practiced. It's really amazing. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff, everyone. Good stuff. Good stuff. We'll keep flying through these names. Awesome. Well done. Well done. We got a lot of alums too. make sure they've claimed every single badge. And captain's table, welcome aboard to everyone who has secured their spot. A lot of names on this list. Throw some love in the chat if you already hopped aboard. Welcome. Already got a peop- bunch of people flying through our zero to one dollar treasure map 30 day challenge. On top of that, we have a mastermind call on Thursday, another Twitter thread deep dive. A lot of good stuff coming up. Already glad to have you all on board. Yeah. Has anyone started going through the materials in Captain's Table? If you have, let us know what you think in the chat. There's a lot in there, there's a lot to dig into. Yeah, some people like to finish up ship 30 before they dive in. Others already diving into all the modules. It's good to see. Keep it up. Glad to have you all. It's going to be a fun summer. We got a lot, a lot of good stuff planned. Cole and I are going to be together filming some calls in person. Going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Let's keep it rocking. Thanks, everyone, for hopping aboard so far. And if again, if you're on the fence, we're going to cap enrollment here at 20%. So if you're thinking about it, you might want to grab your spot. Couple shout outs. Published my first free ebook on the art of building and maintaining your digital network. This is amazing. Okay. So, the whole purpose of Ship 30 is how do you accelerate a whole year or sometimes two years or three years of writing all the way down into 30 days? And then, what we walk people through in uh, the captain's table, the zero to one uh, uh, program, is all about how do you take that library of content and then package it into some sort of digital product. So seeing stuff like this is amazing. Congrats. Love seeing it live. My essays inspired 14-year-old nephew to pick up programming. Super cool, right? You have no idea who's going to read your stuff. You have no idea what the impact's going to be. Uh, I think we all drastically underestimate uh, how much when we share our own stories and insights and perspectives and learnings, how much it can help the next person. 
you know, a big, a big reason why Dickie and I are so inspired to get people started writing online is because the more people who write online, the more knowledge there is shared, the more everyone gets to learn from each other. Right. So it's a huge part of the mission. Here's another one. Organize my first workshop for my chosen niche, 27 signups, 50% turnup rate. Amazing, right? You don't need a million followers to get started. You can start with a group of five people, 10 people, 20 people. And chances are, if you take the time to learn with that small group, you're going to grow so much faster because you know what works for five people, which means then you know what works for 10 and you know what works for 50, you know what works for 100, right? Ship 30 started as a small handful of people. And I had a one-on-one interview with every single person in that Slack channel. I said, what worked? What didn't work? Where did you struggle? If you were thinking about creating any kind of community, I cannot recommend high enough. Just get in one-on-one conversations with people. So yep. amazing. Congrats, Moni. And this too, featured in Josh Spector. He's another creator. If you follow Josh, his newsletter and shipped my own first newsletter. So amazing, right? Small actions. Yeah, a lot of times people build up these things in their head, you know, starting a newsletter is some giant task or writing one thing on the internet is some giant task. And one of our hopes with Ship30 is that you realize that if you just break it down to a little bit every day, all of a sudden 30 days goes by and you're like, wow, look at all the ground that I covered, right? So love seeing this mentality internalized. More wins than I bargained for. That is always the goal. Tons of content for a new book, a new business category, uh, named it and claimed it, started working on an initial course, an initial community. So this is, whenever we see stuff like this, this is what makes us so happy is we give a little bit of information and then people start running with it, right? And, and that is how you get the most out of not just Ship30, anything, right? Any, any course you take, any community you're in, if you can take a little bit and run with it, you're going to experience disproportionate success. So here's right, where here we are on the tracker day 25, day 25, about to hit yep. publish today. I'm making it to 30. I cannot wait. And then today you will claim your credible captain badge after this by rewriting your bio and leaving a comment with your new bio, because that is what we're going to do during today's session. Epic. Another good deep dive as well with this one, breaking down the different ways, a bunch of mistakes people make in their bios, how you can fix them. And so go ahead and read that for some good tactical examples. Cool. So what we're going to do today, like Dickie said, is we're going to focus on rewriting your bio. This is going to be another one of those sessions where you're probably going to feel really seen and you're going to sit there and you're going to be like, oh man, I have been making a lot of mistakes. Again, it's tough love. It comes from a place of we want to help you. Okay. We're not here to make anyone feel bad, but we've made these mistakes. So if you notice that you've made them too, just draw a line in the sand and go, I'm going to change it. Tomorrow's a new day. Okay. So when you rewrite your bio, you're going to comment on the replay video and that's how you're going to unlock your credible captain badge. So let's start. Okay. Let's do an audit. What does your current Twitter bio look like? Copy paste it, throw it in the chat. Just leave it as is. Don't try and change your homework, you know, 30 seconds before you turn it in, just copy paste your bio. And what we're going to do is we're going to walk through uh, the principles of how to write an effective bio, what your goals are, why you need to do things a certain way. And then at the end, we're going to do some breakout rooms where you can workshop your bio based on the things that we're teaching. And then in the after party, if we have a couple minutes, we'll, we'll do a couple live rewrites if we got some time. Awesome. Cool. Okay. Cool. There's lots of good, good stuff in here. I'm seeing the bios come through. 
there's definitely some improvements to be made. So this is going to be great. Okay. So here's what we've done so far. All right. You've built a writing habit. Amazing. You're, you're writing, you're publishing, you've gotten in the flow of things, you've created momentum, right? You can't steer a stationary ship. So now that your ship is moving, now we can figure out what direction we want it to go. You launched a social blog. This is more effective than a regular blog because you're tapping into distribution networks, right? You're using these platforms that have hundreds of millions of users to drive attention to your work. Amazing. You've started creating a timeless foundation of content, right? So your library of content is the are all the building blocks that then go create the next things that you create and the next things that you create, right? So once you have this library, you can bring it to new platforms. You can turn it into digital products. You can leverage it over and over again. Fourth, you've started to gather data around what works. So chances are when you first started Ship 30, you thought, oh, this is what I want to write about, or this is what I think people want to hear about from me. And as you've gone along, you've come to different realizations, You've decided, oh, that actually isn't what I want to write about anymore, or, oh, that topic actually isn't what people want to hear about from me, right? So now you're using data to inform which direction your ship is going, okay? And then five, hopefully you've made some friends along the way. So you've done all this work, all right? And now it's time to package it up, okay? And what we do when you package it is that means starting with your bio, and your bio is how you announce yourself to the world, okay? It's the soundbite that people use to internalize who you are. And if someone doesn't understand who you are and what you do in three seconds, they're not gonna get it in 30 seconds, and they're not gonna get it in three minutes, and they're not gonna get it in 30 minutes. The whole goal is for them to get it in three seconds. I understand what you're writing about, boom. And when you do that, you create a binary decision for the reader. Either you are someone that I am interested in paying attention to, or you're not. And the big thing we want to help you avoid is sitting in the middle. You do not want to be someone that's just like, hey, I'm for everyone and everyone should like my stuff. No, that's not how people make decisions. That's a mistake. So what we're going to dig into is what makes a great bio, give you a checklist for these are the four things that you need to include in your bio. And then we're going to give you a little crash course uh, into the thinking of category creation, how to name and claim a niche of your own. This is a whole rabbit hole. If you want to go down the rabbit hole, we have an entire five, six hour course on it inside the captain's table. It's a huge focus for us in our captain's table mastermind calls. It's something that you could spend a lifetime thinking about, but we're going to give you the basics so that if nothing else, you walk away from ship 30 and you go, I understand how to name and claim my niche. I think the bio is one of those things that don't get too caught up. It's not going to be perfect. And we're going to go through some examples of how it changes. But the big POV we want to start this with is your bio should represent what you are doing today. So whatever it is you do today, that's how you describe yourself in your bio. And so we'll go through some examples, but keep that in mind of if you want to change it in the future, you totally can. It's not something like we say a lot, it's not a marriage decision, right? You're going to be able to use this, iterate it, tweak it. It's going to change. But having something staking your flag in the ground, what you're doing today is the goal by the time we leave. Yep. So with that in mind, your bio is a mini sales pitch. Okay. This is the first big mistake that people make is they think my bio is where I need to talk about myself. Bio is all about me. And in, in reality, yeah, that's true. You know, okay, your bio is about you, but the, but the lens through which you're thinking about it is inverted. 
it's not you talking about you for the sake of you talking about you. The whole purpose of a bio is to quickly tell the reader, this is what I'm going to give you, reader. It's not about me. It's here's why you should listen to me because of what I'm going to give to you. So if you notice, a lot of people's bios are very, let me list off all the things I've accomplished, right? Here's all the things that make me important. But they're missing the other half, which is, here's all the things that make me important or credible on this topic, but here's what you can expect from me, right? It's a mini sales pitch. Here's, here's what I'm going to give you. And if you don't have that, then the reader goes, eh, well, that's great that you're super important, but like, I don't know that I need to follow you, right? Because what are you going to give me? That's the question. So what makes a great bio? It's very similar to writing a headline, okay? Big thing is you want to be clear, not clever. So right away, Okay, a little tough love. If your bio has something like, I love Netflix, morning coffee, and walks on the beach with my cat, you are making a giant mistake because your bio is the most valuable real estate of anywhere on any social platform, right? It's the first thing that people see. So if the first thing people see is something clever, they don't actually know who you are, what you do, and why they should listen to you right? So step one is we got to get rid of, rid of all the clever language. Clever language isn't going to do anything. And then second is in order to be clear, you have to articulate to the reader, this is what I write about. This is who it's for, unless it's implied, right? Because it would be implied by the topic. And here's why the reader should trust me, some credibility, Okay. And if you don't tell the reader those things, they're like, well, that's great that you love Netflix and cats, but I don't know why I should give you my attention. I've said this a bunch, but I think one of the biggest realizations you can make in the, in this world and especially on the internet is no one cares what you do. They care what you can do for them. So the more that you can describe what you do in the words of here's how I help you, it's going to go a long way. So just kind of keep that POV in mind as you think about what you're crafting how you're helping the reader, the reader, the reader, the reader. Yep. Over and over and over again. Okay. So let's go through a couple bios here and we'll show you just kind of the check marks that we go through. So the first is, okay. So what do I write about? Digital writing. I'm a digital writer. I'm kind of naming and claiming that as that's my category. And I will teach you, right? I'm speaking directly to the reader. I will teach you how to write in the digital world. So binary decision. If you want to learn how to write in the digital world, you should follow me. If you do not want to learn how to write in the digital world, I'm not your guy. And that's what I want, right? I don't want people that go, I just should follow you just because, right? I want people who are interested in the thing that I'm writing about, period. Okay. And then I have some little credibility things, right? Category pirate. I have a newsletter, co-creator of Ship 30 for 30 credibility, and then start writing online. Here's a resource, right? So there's some little things there. And as Dickie said, we're always tweaking this. We're always changing it. We're always adjusting. We're always testing new things. But the biggest thing in your bio needs to be even more than credibility. It needs to be, here's what I'm going to do for you. Here's what I'm going to give to you. Okay. Yep. Dickie, you want to talk about yours? Here's mine. I talk about two things, digital writing and digital business, bang, right away. So there's some nuance here of, you could say, I will help you learn about digital writing. I could say, I write about it. I, I just like, I talk, 
It's simple, especially if we go down the podcast route or anything like that. I just share ideas. They used to say I share insights on, but bang. Then, so that's what I do. And that's how I help the immediate. They know exactly, hey, am I interested in one of these two things? If so, yes. Then, okay, you talk about these things. Why should I help you? I've helped 4,000 people start writing at Ship 30 for 30. Bang, piece of credibility, right? I can talk about digital writing and digital business because both of those things are related to the very next thing I talk about, right? And then my third little punch of credibility, which I've started to explore a little bit, is that I used to work at BlackRock and I left my job on Wall Street to build on the internet, right? So that's kind of that little last punch of, okay, he's coming from an interesting place too, right? I pair that with my football background. It creates to me a little bit more personality than, um, you know, just only talking about writing and business. I think kind of painting a picture like, wow, you're following someone interesting. I have an interesting background. I've done interesting things. Here's all of it kind of in one little snapshot. And, and to be clear for everyone here, the, the personality stuff, if you want to include that, is totally fine as long as you have the piece of, here's what I'm giving you, reader. The mistake is when someone goes, I'm going to make my bio all about my personality, and I'm not going to really tell you or be specific about what I'm going to give you. Right. So Dickie's whole bio is I talk about digital writing and digital business. That's all you need to know. If you're interested in those topics, you should follow them. If not, you don't follow them. Right. That's that is like the must have piece. And then the other thing about how this isn't a marriage decision is Dickie, your your sentence of former BlackRock trader turned digital builder, that credibility piece is going to change a hundred times. Right. Because the next cool thing that Dickie does, he's going to swap it out. And then the thing after that, that is even cooler, he's going to swap it out, right? So your bio is always changing and always evolving. The most important piece though, is telling the reader, this is what I write about. Do you want to follow someone who writes about that topic? Yes or no. Right. And you'll also see, I use the word digital three times. If you don't think I'm driving home an idea with that, right? Mm -hmm. Driving home digital business, digital building, digital writing, all of that. And that's where people's eyes go. And then the football picture, I get a lot of questions about. And it's because I played football in college. And it was actually the picture I had on Twitter when I first started. I was like, I'm just going to leave it. I think it's cool, right? No reason. I think a lot of people are like, oh, your, your, your header image needs to say, like, follow me for X, Y, and Z. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sold. I think it's a, a good place to splash on a little bit of personality. Yep. Here's another one. Cody's bio is really great as well. Okay. Her whole bio is the very first sentence contrarian thoughts and cash flow to financial freedom. Are you interested in learning about cash flow businesses to work toward financial freedom? If you are, Cody's, Cody's the person to follow. If you're not, you're not going to follow her, right? That it's a binary decision. And then after that is just a bunch of credibility stuff. I built two funds. I invest in boring businesses. I help you do X, Y, Z. I have a newsletter with 100,000 readers, right? All the credibility stuff is great, but it has to come in the context of what do you write about? And if you're not specific, then the reader goes, I don't know. So the other mistake that, that writers make here is instead of being specific and they go, this is the one thing that I write about right? Or these are the two very specific things I write about. They go, I write about productivity, leadership, management, success, and financial freedom. 
right? That's, that's like saying I write about everything, right? Those are five giant categories. No, no one knows, well, what am I actually getting from you? So if you notice my bio, Dickie's bio, Cody's bio, we're very specific. We're like, this is the thing, right? I don't need everyone in the world. I just want the people that are interested in digital writing. Cody doesn't need everyone in the world. She just needs the people who are interested in cash flow businesses, right? So the more specific you can be, the better. Julian's is another great one, okay? So most people's bio would stop here. I deconstruct how things work. Okay, well, what things, right? Are we deconstructing manufacturing facilities? Are we deconstructing SaaS companies? Are we deconstructing relationships, right? It's too broad. So what makes the bio work is the specificity. He goes, I deconstruct how things work, like storytelling and critical thinking. Oh, okay. If I'm interested in storytelling and critical thinking, I follow Julian. If I'm not, I don't follow Julian. Again, binary decision. Okay. And then he's got some little credibility stuff. Here's my site. Here's my company. Right. But notice the whole core of the bio is this specifically is what I write about. And again, it's this weird counterintuitive thing. We talk about this all throughout Ship 30, where the more specific you get, the more likely you are to attract readers. The less specific you are, the less likely you are to attract readers. And everyone thinks it's the inverse. I love Julian's too, because he doesn't have a profile picture. Or the or header. doesn't have a, a header picture. Yeah, it's just yeah. white, right? You don't have to over-optimize. Awesome. Yeah, don't overthink it. Greg's is another great one. Dick, you want to tell this story? Because Greg's is a great example of it tweaking. Yeah, yeah, Greg. So we should have kept the old picture, but Greg, his bio used to say, I talk about communities and community-based products. And we had him in the slide deck, I think it was probably June last year, right as Web3 kind of started heating up. And we went one time to refresh the slides and it was the exact same bio with Web3 added before communities, mm -hmm. right? And so he had niched down to, I don't talk about communities, I talk about Web3 communities, went all in on that, launched his own, like a, a bunch of other kind of Web3 related things and has been talking about it ever since. And it was just such a cool example when we did it the first time of all you're looking to do is add specificity levers to what you're talking about time and time again. We don't talk about writing. We talk about digital writing. We don't talk about products. We talk about community-based products. We don't talk about communities. We talk about Web3 communities. I don't talk about productivity. I talk about founder productivity or founder, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. You're always looking to add broad topics and some unique specificity. And if you compare that, the more you do it, the more you do it, the better your results are going to be. Yeah. So this is the big, the big idea we want everyone to walk away with here is it's not about knowing exactly what my niche is today and then never changing it. Right. It's not a marriage decision. The whole key is going, I'm going to plant my flag in the ground somewhere today. And then when I come to a new insight tomorrow or the next day, I'm going to add modifiers to my bio and tweak it to clarify my niche more and more and more. Okay. And so Daniel, I actually, I've watched you go through this like six months ago, right? Do you remember Daniel, what your bio was six months ago? Probably something about copywriting. 
something about copywriting and then starts getting into automation. And then I think at some point your bio was like, I write about automations, uh, like broadly, you know, and then over time gets more specific. And it's like, no, 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 it's not automations broadly that I write about. It's Zapier specifically. There's one tool that you use to automate, right? So it's not a marriage decision. It's just about planting your flag in the ground somewhere and going, I own where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. And then moving forward step-by-step. And I think Daniel, now it says I taught or I help course creators put their course on autopilot with Zapier, right? Yeah. So you niche down by automation. It said, I don't talk about automations. I talk about Zapier automations and not for anyone, not for founders, not for any course creators, bang. And that's what you've been helping us with, right? And that's what you have a masterful skill set with. And that is so cool to see that iterative process and becoming known for that is so much easier than saying, I help people with automations. Right. Right. Or worse, even further above that, I help people be more productive. What does that mean? Who's that for? Right. So here's a little golden nugget for everyone here. As you're writing your bio, if you find yourself saying internally, my content is for, and then you start listing out multiple audiences, stop. Don't, it's not for this person and this person and this person and this person. Try and force yourself to pick one. And it's not a marriage decision. You can change it, but force yourself to pick one, right? It's not automations for everyone. It's automations for course creators, right? Or it's not automations for everyone. It's automations for project managers, right? The more specific you can be, the better. Okay, so let's do a quick temperature check. Up to this point, how do you feel? Okay. Do you, have you had a clever bio or do you feel like you've had a, a clear bio, but now you just need to make some tweaks to get even more specific. It's okay. It's okay. We've all, I remember my, one of my first bios on the internet was me trying to be some mysterious Hemingway, like not, you know, novelist. No wonder nobody read it. We all make those mistakes. Love okay. It. Bunch of clevers clear but wrong audience. That's an easy problem to solve. That's great that you have that insight. Okay, let's keep it rocking. So this is the bio checklist. So if you, you know, take a screenshot of it, reference the slides afterwards, whatever's most helpful for you. As you're writing your bio, these are the things that you want to make sure are included. Okay. And everyone is going to have a different blend. It's up to you to decide. It's kind of like making, you know, spaghetti. Okay. You got to decide how much of what ingredient you want. What's your flavor. The important thing is you need pasta. You need marinara sauce. You need some salt and pepper, right? You maybe you'd have a little bolognese in there, right? You got to make sure you have the fundamental pieces. You decide what the blend is. So number one is, are you saying what you write about? If you do not have a specific topic in your bio, guaranteed you are losing readers because the reader's like, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from you. Okay. So you have to say what you're writing about. Second is you have to signal whether it's overt or implied, you have to signal who it's for. All right. So if you're unsure about if it's implied or not, just name the audience, right? It's not automations. It's automations for course creators. Okay, so when in doubt, name the audience in your bio. Third is, do you have some sort of credibility that you can reference to the reader? Ideally, you want to have the 
uh, the credibility match up with the thing you're writing about, right? So it, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense if someone's like, follow me for digital writing tips. Also, I was a, a Olympic skier, right? You can, in a way that signals to the reader, hey, I'm a disciplined person, you know, I, I take my, my craft seriously. But what you want is you want the credibility to match up with the thing you're writing about. So I write about email marketing. I've been in email marketing for 10 years, right? The closer that the two match each other, the, the better they work together. And then fourth is this idea of naming and claiming your niche. So what we're, and we're going to get into a little crash course here at the end, but naming and claiming your niche is this idea of, okay, take whatever you're writing about. Now, how do you call it something? How can you create a term for what you're writing about? And we're going to give you some examples of what that looks like. Yeah. And our zero to $1 treasure map, it's the first thing you'll go through. It's becoming known for niche you own, which is all about how can you start to say something that merges either your different interests or something that other people aren't already saying. It's what we've done with digital writing, right? Tons of people talked about writing. No one said, we're going to teach you to write on the internet. It's a very specific type of writing, different way of thinking about it. And it's taken off. Here's a quick, great question, Dickie. If you're at the very beginning and you feel like you don't have any credibility, what do you put? What was your credibility a year and a half ago? My credibility so every if this goes all the way back to everyone has credibility. If you think you don't, you're lacking specificity, right? So my credibility a year and a half ago was I built a writing habit, period. That was all I had credibility to say. It was I figured out how to actually build a writing habit. And that's all I ended up sharing. Now, as I've gotten better at writing and learned along the way, I borrowed credibility the entire time. Gary Halbert, Eugene Schwartz, Tim Ferriss, James Clear, curated, learn from them. Now I have my own credibility to say, I can talk about writing because I've done it a lot, right? So in the beginning, I didn't say, hey, I'm this master writer. I know all these things. I still don't. But back then I said, I know how to build a writing habit. And here's how I proved it, right? So if you think you don't have credibility on something, all you're missing is specificity, right? If you don't have, you don't have enough credibility to talk about productivity, but maybe you have a very unique situation where productivity for single moms who are balancing a side hustle and a full-time job, mm -hmm. right? That is where you have enough credibility to talk about things. So go back and watch the Endless Idea Generator live session. If you think you don't have enough credibility, you're not being specific enough or you need to go and borrow it. But this is our whole reach and resonance bar barbell as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So let's go through some examples of what this looks like. So one is, are you saying what you write about the topic? Okay. So here, uh, Eli has, a, does this really well writes and sketches about learning productivity and design is a visual Zettelkasten practitioner. Okay. So if you're interested in learning productivity or design, you follow Eli. Now I would say even Eli can get more specific, right? Not just learning broadly, but what kind of learning? or not just productivity and design broadly, but what kind of productivity and design. And so he gets into that a little bit with visual Zettelkasten. You know, you kind of understand if you're in that world, you understand what that means. That's going to attract a certain type of person, but he's making it very clear. This is what I write about. So you have to have that, that uh, portion in there. I loved, uh, I love seeing him evolve too, but this is a great one. Yeah. Jesse specifically. You want to talk about that Dickie? So Jesse 
I think he was, he had to be March of last year. And in March of last year, Jesse joined and he wasn't sure exactly what he was writing about. But every single time I swear I saw him say something, ADHD was in there somehow, right? He was writing, but didn't think that ADHD was big enough, enough, whatever. I think he has 75,000 followers on Twitter now, something like that. And every single thing he says resonates so heavily with people with ADHD that if you have ADHD, you follow Jesse. And if you don't, you don't, period. He's going to own the whole market. Every person on earth with ADHD is going to follow Jesse. Yeah. Because he says it right there. ADHD created. Bang. Everything he says is going to resonate with those people. Right. And that's amazing. And you know how far he's going to be able to take that? Infinite. Infinitely yep. far. It's so cool to see. Yeah. This is, this is one of those case in point examples of people who think, oh, no, that's too specific. And then really it's that level of specificity that is the secret, All right? Jesse's a fantastic case study for this. So he has a it, podcast. I, I just went and looked at his, uh, I just went and looked at his Twitter. He has a podcast now called ADHD Nerds. He has a website called extrafocus.io, which is a newsletter for finding focus with ADHD. Yeah. His Right, right in the middle says finding focus with ADHD and his very first tweet out of nowhere. I just clicked on it. 9,000 likes ADHD is having a brain magnetically opposed to your own plans and desires. Bang. Like the very first word in his tweet when I got to his profile is ADHD. Yep. That's what it's all about, folks. That's what specificity does. And it has 9,000 likes. It's crazy. Yeah. You would never wake up in the morning and think, oh, this is the universal topic, right? Again, specificity is the secret. You need to find, and some people find it quickly. Some people, it takes a long time. I would say it took me eight years to figure out what my niche was. It took me eight years to embrace the fact that like, I love writing on the internet and other people want to learn about how to write on the internet. And I should probably call that something and I should just call it digital writing. You know, sometimes it takes a while, but that's what, that's the journey. That's what you're looking for. What's my version of that? Okay. So third is how do you tell the reader why they should trust you? So Michael is another great example. He was in one of the early cohorts of ship 30 and look at how he says, I tweet about stoicism and tech. So it's, it's the, it's an intersection. So I see this question of, you know, I'm interested in two totally different niches. What do I do? Well, there's often opportunities at intersections of opposing niches. Right. So if you can find a way to say, oh, I, I sit at the intersection of these two things that most people don't think about together, that's an opportunity. You can become the person for that intersection. Right. So here I tweet about stoicism and tech. Now, how does he back up that people should follow him? Well, he names and claims himself as the stoic CIO. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to wait for someone else to call me that. I'm going to call myself that. What do you think then every other person calls him when they invite Michael onto a podcast or something? They go, oh, I'm really excited to have Michael here, the stoic CIO. Thanks, Michael, for joining us. Where did they get that language? Michael handed it to them on a silver platter, right? So you have to be the one to tell people, this is who I am. This is what I want to be referred to as, okay? And then he backs up the credibility with 20 years in tech, seven years practicing stoicism. 
So the whole bio, you can see how it's all working together. I write about stoicism in tech. I'm the stoic CIO. I've spent 20 years in tech. I've spent seven years practicing stoicism. You can't help but look at that and be like, well, I guess Michael's the guy for that intersection. We are working on a one year where are they now ship 30 kind of campaign. Michael's going to be on there. Jesse's going to be on there. They all have courses, books, newsletters, big followings. And it all started with just them writing every day for 30 days and figuring out, whoa, I'm sitting at a unique intersection of a few things. ADHD and creativity, tech and stoicism, right? Yep. These things are all, all starting to compound. And it's, I'm jealous of everyone who's on the very beginning of their journey, right? Because all of this is a year from right now. If you're on this call, there's a high, high chance in a year from now, you're sitting on your own niche. You've gone through all the modules, everything. And I, it just excites me. It's cool. It's very exciting. And so this leads to, I think, my favorite example, which is this idea of how do you name and claim your own niche? Okay. So again, what this means is you're taking that unique space. Maybe it's an intersection. Maybe it's a, a subset of an industry. You're taking the thing that you want to be known for and the thing that you want to educate other people about. Okay. And you're going to call it something. And so here's an amazing example. So Jareen was in, again, one of the early cohorts of Ship 30. And she starts writing about the fact that she's frustrated. She's frustrated by our advice in Ship 30. And she's frustrated because we're telling her, hey, Jareen, you got to name and claim one thing. You got to call one thing something. That's your niche. You can't say, I write about everything. You say, I got to write about one thing. So she writes an atomic essay, frustrated. And in the atomic essay, she goes, but what if I don't have one thing? What if I'm interested in lots of things? What if I have multiple passions? What if I am a multi-passionate creator? And all of a sudden, all the comments start going, hey, wow, Jareen, I'm a multi-passionate creator too. I have multiple passions. I have a hard time picking what my niche is. And so what does she do? She takes the niche of not knowing what your niche is and calls the niche being a multi-passionate creator. And then all of a sudden, all these people pile in and go, I'm a multi-passionate creator too. Okay. So you can kind of follow. It's a little bit of mental gymnastics, right? You take something where you're like, I have no organization, but you can put chaotic disorganization inside of a box and you call it something that's called being a multi-passionate creator. All right. So your job is to figure out what are all these things that I've got swirling around and how do I call that box something? And then everyone else who has that same box is going to go, that's me. Wow. You're speaking to me. And then everyone else starts using the language that you invented. No one was calling themselves a multi-passionate creator a year ago. Nobody. And Jareen comes in and invents new language. That is the like level up of what we're talking about. And now Jareen has a YouTube channel. She's got a successful blog. She's got, she's freelancing for, I think, Matt Diavella and Zapier, just all over, crushing it. And it's yeah, so cool and, to see. And you know what every opportunity starts with? Hey, Jareen, it's XYZ reaching out from this company. Love reading your stuff about being a multi-passionate creator. Right? It's like you, you create your own serendipity. That's the beauty of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is what we're going to get into. 
is a little bit of category creation, this idea of creating your own niche. So how to name it and claim it, and then how to use data over time to iterate on it. All right. So I see questions in the chat a little bit of, okay, but what if I pick something and I don't want to stick with it? What, what if I don't want to write about that? That's totally fine. You don't have to, no one's forcing you. It's just that it's an option, right? You have the choice. And I'm going to say right now, I've been doing this for a very long time. When a niche opportunity reveals itself, do not take it for granted. When, when all of a sudden the data starts telling you, hey, uh, this thing that you just randomly wrote about called being a multi-passionate creator, people are flocking to, right? Don't just sit there and go, eh, well, that's kind of stupid. And I don't know if I really care about that, right? Sit there and realize that's a gift. A lot of people really struggle to figure out what's my one thing. And when something reveals itself, you want to sit there and go, okay, thank you. Let me, let me play with this for a little bit and see what happens. It doesn't, yeah. I, I mean, this is perfect. So let's start start with this one. So Dickie uh, talked about this a little bit with um, Greg's bio example of adding specificity and adding modifiers, okay? So what most people do is they stay very broad. I write about sketching. I write about visuals. I write about yoga. I write about education. What you wanna do is you wanna add modifier words in front of that broad, big, broad mega category to get more and more and more and more specific, okay? So it's not, I write about sketching, it's I write about digital sketching, okay? Boom, we just cut off 50% of the market. Good, that's what we want. And then it's not, I write about digital sketching, it's I write about web three digital sketching. Everything else I'm not interested in. Good, we got rid of the other 40% right? You want to get to a level of specificity where someone goes a hundred percent, this is for me or 0%. This is not for me. Same thing with, with something like yoga. Yoga is very broad. Okay. I write about at-home yoga. Okay. Well, at-home yoga, now there's a bunch of sub niches, which one, okay. I write about 15 minute at-home yoga. All I do is give you 15 minute uh, yoga flows that you can do to solve X, Y, Z, right? More and more and more specific. And what I would encourage everyone, because I know, I know the feeling is like, it's, it's this anxiety of I have, I'm picking something so specific and then I'm locked into a corner. I can never change it. Once you learn how to get ultra specific, you can change it over and over again, but now you have the skill. Now, you know, but most people stay very broad. And so they never actually allow themselves to build the skill. And so then they just bounce from broad category to broad category, and then they stay stuck, right? So wherever you are, allow yourself to own it for that moment. And then you can keep pivoting. I love this. It's so I just wrote, there's probably someone out there whose bio says, I write about yoga. That's a massive market, massive market of people, right? Got to have tons of followers and they probably have zero. Mm -hmm. And then there's another person who says, I write about 15 minute yoga flows for single moms. Super niche has, market. Probably yeah. has tens of thousands of followers who will buy everything they say, would buy a course on yoga, would buy all their yoga flows, would download their app, would subscribe to their newsletter, would go to an in-person conference, all of that, right? And it feels like, oh, no way I could talk about something that small. And that's where all the value is. That type of example is great because I could also imagine the comments where everyone's just obsessed 
Yes. Right. They're, they're yeah. just like, I am obsessed with 15 minute yoga flows. And this person I see as like the total guru of this. And it's, it is the weirdest thing where the more specific you get, the easier it is to build credibility, the easier to build expertise, the easier it is to monetize. Everything's easier. So let's do a quick little jam sesh here. Take something that you write about in your bio. So I, I write about X. And what's a modification word that you can put in front of it to immediately get one more notch specific? Let's see, let's see what people come up with. Because a lot of times what immediately comes to mind ends up being a like really insightful answer. Like you've kind of probably already known the answer, but you just haven't allowed yourself to be as specific, mm -hmm. right? So take, what do you write about? I write about finance. How can you add a, a modifier word in front of it? I write about personal finance, right? So managers, too broad. What's a modification word you can put in front of it? What kind of managers? First-time managers? And so I just dropped in the chat as well some um, back from our original Endless Idea Generator session, right? Industry, location, price, problem, situation, experience, demographic right? Those are your specificity levers that you can add. Yeah. Let's, I just want to call out some of these because I want to drive home the opportunity here. Okay. So, um, career tips, what kind of career tips or career tips for who, right? Career tips for people who are trying to pivot careers, career tips for college graduates, those are two completely different audiences, right? And, and if the answer is for everyone, no, 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 no. Pick one, pick one and own it. So yeah, I write about blockchain. Okay, well, if you write about blockchain, you're probably writing about learning blockchain, right? It's not specific enough. What kind of block, what, what kind of blockchain, what kind of knowledge are you? I'm, I'm writing about how to get started developing blockchain technologies, or I'm writing about how to scale blockchain technologies, right? Here's Digital self-education for confused college grads. Perfect. Bang. That's awesome, Connor. Yeah, hyper-specificity. This is a good one too. I write about investing in volatile stocks. I don't write about investing in all stocks. I write about investing in stocks where the chart goes like this, right? So here's where my brain goes with that one. I write about beginners investing in volatile stocks or experienced traders mm -hmm. investing in volatile stocks or large sums of money or small sums of money in volatile stocks. Yeah. That is where you can really unlock something. Yep. I write about anxiety versus managing anxiety. Okay, good. How can we make that even more specific? I write about managing anxiety for uh, women struggling with postpartum depression. Wow, right? Feels really hyper specific, uncomfortably so. But I guarantee you, all of those types of readers are going to go, this is for me, right? So you want to figure out how do I get more and more and more specific? Little, little hack here. So I see this, uh, I write about helping coaches find a mission that truly matters. We're still up here, right? M things like I help people with their mission. I help people achieve happiness. I help people become successful. We're two in the clouds. We got to bring it down, right? Coaches, what kind of coaches? Are we talking about life coaches? Or are we talking about athletic coaches, right? 
we you, more specific, more specific, more specific. So every word that is in your bio, ask yourself, is there a modification word I can put in front of it to make it more specific? So I want to point this one out, right? Meg says, I write about transitioning from my nine to five to full-time freelance copywriting after having had a baby and what I'm learning along the way. So is Meg an expert in freelance copywriting? No. Is she an expert in transitioning from nine to five? Not yet. Is she an expert in having a child recently? Yes. Pair that with other things and she has an entire new niche and I'm going to share what I'm learning along the way. Four people below this, Tracy goes, oh, Meg, I'd love to follow you on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'd be honest. I don't know if I'm following Meg on Twitter. I'm, I'm not a freelance copywriter. I don't have a baby. Not for me. And that's exactly right. That's yes. what you're going for. Right? So that's just awesome to see. That, that is a great example of being, and, and we see it in the chat in every live session. The more specific you can be, the more opportunities you unlock. Okay, so, so I just want to, like, we should just spend the whole session doing these because we have people reaching out to me and Cole of like, how much can we pay you just for an hour to talk about this exact thing? Yeah. So these are, Dick, you want to, should we keep cranking? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So as we've been talking about here, okay. When in doubt, get more specific. Okay. So you want to get to a point of feeling uncomfortable. You want to feel like, wow, there's, there's like a small handful of people on planet earth who are interested in what I'm talking about. Good. That, that is a way better place to be than I write about success principles. Nobody cares, right? If you're too in the clouds, it's too difficult to understand what I'm going to get from you. Okay. So Here's the big insight is how do you know when your niche is working? How do you know when it's sticking? How you know is when readers start saying your language back to you. So the moment that Dickie and I started saying, uh, hey, we're digital writers. We write about digital writing. Do you know what happened? People started making lists on Twitter saying, hey, here's, here's who you should follow on what topic. And every single list says the same thing. You should follow Dickie and Cole if you're interested in digital writing. Where did they get that language? We told them. We said, hey, when you're talking about what we do, this is what I want you to call it. And all of a sudden now digital writing is a thing. And now you have other people who put in their bios, they say, I'm a digital writer too. We created a category. Okay. So this is what you want to happen. When you use language, you know, it's working when your readers and when other people start using that same language back to you. Okay. So Jareen writes an essay. I'm struggling to figure out what my niche is. I feel like I'm a multi-passionate creator. And all of a sudden all these readers go, Jareen, I love what you wrote. I'm a multi-passionate creator too. Jareen sees the mirror and then she goes, that's the opportunity. I'm a multi-passionate creator and I write about being a multi-passionate creator. Okay. So when you use this data-driven lens, all of a sudden the answers become very obvious to you. You create some language, you put it out into the world, you see if readers say it back to you. And then when you see that virtuous cycle, 
you start going, this is working and you keep doubling down and you keep doubling down. And it, it really brings a smile when you get someone echoing it back to you for the first time, you literally created words to put in someone else's mouth. It's crazy that you can yeah. just do that. Right. And all it took was putting it in your bio and saying it a few times. That, that this is like, if you can internalize this lesson, congrats, you now know more than 99% of communicators on planet earth. Most people have no idea how messages get spread. They get spread because someone goes, this is the language I want you to use. And then everyone else goes, well, thanks for giving me the language. I bet I should use that, huh? And then all of a sudden ever, you're known for something, right? It's, it's so simple, it's complicated, all right? So notice every, everything I do, hey, I'm a digital writer. I don't want you to call me a writer. I'm not, I'm not in Hemingway's category. What are you talking about? I mean, it's a completely different thing. I'm a digital writer, right? I don't want to be compared. I don't want to be in this group. I want to be in this group, right? That's what you want. That's the sort of thinking that you want to go through, right? Is like, I don't write about project management. I write about XYZ project management. I don't want to be compared to all of the other people over here. I want to be something different. And the more specific you can be, the easier it is for the world to see what makes you different. Okay, so this is the flywheel. You make a bunch of noise. You write, you put language out into the world. You listen for the signal. Are people echoing my language back to me? If they are, and if the data is telling you that this direction is working, you double down on it. Let me do it again. Let me do it again. Let me do it again. And then when you do that enough times, all of a sudden you become known for the language that you're perpetuating. That's how you name and claim your niche. Right. And you're not doing it by just sitting in a room, closing your eyes, being like, I came up with something brilliant. You're doing it because the data is validating for you that that is what's working. This is an incredible rabbit hole. So if you, if you stick on this call, I think in the, in the zero to one treasure map in the captain's table, the become known for a niche you own course, how many hours is that? It's like three hours of video, three or five more. Yeah. It's like five or six actually. Yeah. This is a rabbit hole that once you want to go down, it's very fun because you literally get to create new language and real estate and topics on the internet, right? It's fascinating. And so don't think you have to have this figured out right away, but now you're aware of it. Now you're aware that this is something you get to choose, which is very cool. This, this is, okay, here's a perfect example. Eli, I see this in the chat. I'm a dyslexic copywriter. That is so insanely specific that it's amazing. How many other people are probably going to sit there and read that and go, wow, I'm dyslexic and I never even thought that copywriting was an option for me. You're going to teach me how to be a copywriter even though I have dyslexia? That's insane. Amazing. I'm in. 99% of people aren't going to be interested in that. But the 1% that are, are going to be obsessed. And that's what you want right? You don't want the, I've got 10 million followers and they comment, nice job on everything that I write because I write about productivity broadly. It's, it's stupid. You can't do anything with it. Can't monetize it. No one cares about what you're writing about. You're not known for anything specific. You would way rather be, I write about the intersection of ADD, ADHD and creativity, or I write about having dyslexia and copywriting. 
right? Is like, you'd rather have those 10,000 people who really care rather than a million people who don't care. All right. So let's, let's take a vote. Would we rather do breakout rooms or live bio critiques with me and Cole for 20 minutes? Drop in the chat live, live or breakout rooms. What would you like to do? I All right. The answer. I, I think the answer is clear. So <laughs> I got, I got some coffee here. I'll take another. Story. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's so, go. I think this is fun. And, and this is exactly the type of thing we do during our captain's table masterminds. We're going to start to do more live bio figure out name and claim. So let's do it. Let's, let's do a little preview here. So drop in the chat. Here's what you have to put in the chat for us to do it is your new and improved bio from this session. So after upgrading it, what it is now, and we're going to talk about how you can improve it. Yeah. So let's start at the top. All right. Let's go down the list. Okay. I mentor web programmers to grow their nine to five careers by discovering dreams, setting goals, and achieving them using daily actions. Okay. Tough love, right? You get halfway through that and you're like, I don't know what, what's going on here. We need to get to the point even faster. Okay. So notice this language by discovering dreams. What does that mean? What does it mean to discover your dream? Setting goals. How? How what are we, we going to do? Because you could set goals a zillion different ways and achieving them using daily actions. What kind of daily actions? What are we doing, right? So all of these are opportunities to get more and more specific. So I mentor web programmers is great, but then to do what? And the what is what needs to get drilled down into more specifically. Beyond just grow your nine to five. Right. Right. So achieving some kind of outlook. Yeah. Sharing my experience building niche staff production agencies. Awesome. Digital creator, multi-biz founder, business mindset and being fearless. Okay. So my, my gut take there is you are sharing experiences about niche SaaS products and agencies. And then you say, I'm writing about something completely different than those things mm -hmm. at the end. Right. So I'm like, oh, so I'm getting SaaS mindset, being fearless, business, it's too much. Too much. All right. right? Pick so one. I write about niche SaaS products. Yeah. Boom. Or I write about how to turn niche SaaS products into an agency. Mm -hmm. Right. Like get to the, the point. And then, and then why should we trust you on that? Right. So quote something about your niche SaaS product generated 20K in MRR. Right. Okay. Now I'm following you because that's interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you don't have to tell people you write about being fearless mindset, et cetera. They will stumble upon that if they're interested in your niche SaaS product stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, this one, the next one from Jason's awesome. So I teach athletic coaches how to, how to teach sport psychology skills. Okay. So this is an amazing opportunity to go all right, let's delete one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 words. And you just say sports psychologist, just call your, call yourself that, right? You can skip 10 words and just go, I'm a sports psychologist, period. Teaching athlete or uh, basketball coach and teacher for 20 years, follow me for, and then what, what do you teach people? 
frameworks and mental models to do X, Y, Z, what? What, instead of just like the unlock is instead of just saying, I teach people how to do this thing broadly, be like, this is what I give you. Like I give you mental models to never, you know, experience, I don't know, pregame fear ever again. You know, like how can you really get specific about this is the thing I'm giving you? Awesome. I'm an organizational spirit guide. There's a new category. I've never heard of that. I don't really know what it is. So you have to describe it afterwards, Mm -hmm. but it would be organizational spirit guide in capitals named and claimed. Yeah, this is, I want to, I want to show everyone this difference. Okay. Look, look at the chat difference of I'm an organizational spirit guide versus organizational spirit guide. It's the same language, but presented in two different ways. One is it's in a sentence and it's kind of like, here's all the stuff I do. The other is you capitalize it and you go, this is the thing. This is the niche. This is what I'm claiming. Okay. And oftentimes it's two or three words, one, two or three words. Call it that, right? Don't beat around the bush. Don't hedge your bet. Call it that. Nikita, I help beginner creators turn subscribers into paying customers. So the, all I would all I would add here is via some specific vehicle. So into paying customers with courses, with consulting, with info products, mm-hmm. with X, Y, and Z, add a layer at the very end of what you're going to get people to buy. Mm-hmm. right? So into paying customers by helping them create a course or something like that, right? There's a billion different ways to turn a subscriber into a paying customer. If you can niche down and say, I help beginner creators monetize via X, Y, and Z, much better. Mm-hmm. Here, I'll do a little tweak here. Free subscribers into clients. And then seven-figure performance agency, 20 years in tech. Okay, so here's pretty much the same thing with those little tweaks and then just make the rest of it about credibility. I help beginner creators turn free subscribers into retainer clients. Seven-figure performance marketing agency, 20 years in tech. Boom, 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 right? That's all the reader needs to know. This is what I give you. This is what makes me credible. That's it. Financed a billion in mortgage loans. Bang, credibility. Yep. Follow me to learn how to acquire residential real estate by financing it the right way, along with other tidbits. Cut along with other tidbits. Yep. Tell and people I, I, what it is you're doing and by the right way, I think you are about to say something on that, Cole. Yeah, and I, I agree. I would cut with other tidbits. And I think really it's, it's lazy language to say things like, I help show you how to do it the right way. Because what does the right way mean? What, is, what, what are we actually saying? So this increases, so this becomes so much more powerful when you say, follow me to learn how to acquire residential real estate without putting any money down, mm-hmm. right? Or how to acquire residential real estate without needing to take out huge loans, right? Instead of saying the right way, tell people what the right way is. All right, next one. Multipreneur creative. 
I write about doing life and work authentically as a solopreneur with multiple passions. Okay. So yes, but how can we get more into if you, if you live and work authentically as a solopreneur with multiple passions, what happens? What do you get? Do you make more money? You know, is it more about like working less so that you have more time to foster relationships? You know, a lot of times I think people keep their bios up in this, how to be happy, how to be more authentic, how to live your dream, how to achieve your mission. And you want to get out of that and you want to get down into, I help you do X so that you can do Y to achieve Z. Like it more and more specific. Yep. Okay. Balanced product manager. I like that category, right? Versus the, the non-balanced. I think that it's cool because I can tell that's like a V1, mm-hmm. right? Something's coming from that. Now I move to the next thing and see award-winning founder. What award or why is that relevant to being a product manager, mm-hmm. right? So either put that at the end and say, I talk about balanced career growth for early to mid product managers. That should go right after the balanced product manager. Mm-hmm. So I know whether or not to follow you. I'd say pick one between early and mid, right? It's hard yep. to write for both beginners and mid-level. Mm-hmm. And then add some kind of what is it about being an award-winning founder that makes you qualified to talk about product management? Mm-hmm. Our product did X, Y, and Z, etc. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Also to um, award-winning stuff, eh, like usually, you know, it's such subjective, like credibility benefits a lot from numbers, you know? Like the one uh, Sam's above it is a great example. I've financed a billion in mortgage loans, right? There's nothing subjective. Like an award, like an award could be something really fancy and important. And an award could be a certificate you buy on the internet for $25, right? But you can't dispute, well, I've done a billion in loans, right? Or you can't dispute, uh, I've, I've gotten a million views on my content right? Like there's something about number specific credibility that is easier for people to wrap their heads around and is more objective. So whenever possible, you want to try and think of, okay, well, what credibility can I leverage that is a number of some sort? It doesn't have to be. I'm just saying that it's, that is typically a, a better way of thinking about it. Um, human-centered mindsets and methods for professionals growing companies and careers. Okay. So, and then sold my innovation firm to Salesforce. So the credibility part is awesome. Sold my innovation firm to Salesforce. Awesome. Very objective, right? I sold it. You can't dispute that. Like it got acquired. I tend to struggle with things that are like human centered, right? We're all humans. Everything is human centered by definition, right? Mindsets and methods for professionals growing companies and careers. Okay. There are a gazillion ways to grow a company, right? <laughs> and, so, yeah. and then there's a gazillion ways to grow your career. Like those are like, it doesn't get more broad than those two. And there's a gazillion people doing both of those. Right. You didn't cut anyone out of that, technically. The only people you cut out of that were people that have a, don't have a job, mm-hmm. right? Like that, you're either growing a company or you're growing your career or you don't have a job. So the, that's just a kind of way to think about it is who am I cutting out? 
who is going to stumble upon that and say, not for me, other than Mm -hmm. the person who sees that and says, not for me because I'm confused. Yep. And so I'm just hypothesizing here because the credibility is sold my innovation firm to Salesforce. Okay. Delete career and go, uh, I give frameworks for growing innovation firms or growing innovation agencies. Not all companies, not SaaS companies, not B2B companies, not like ignore as many niches as you can and go, I talk about innovation firms, period, full stop, end of story, right? And then over time, you might see that the data validates that. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, I have an opportunity to name and claim a niche. Maybe my niche all of a sudden is innovation firm builder. All I do is talk about how to build innovation firms. And if you do that for three or four or five years, all of a sudden everyone starts going, oh yeah, you got to follow Chris. I mean, he's the innovation firm builder. I mean, if you are even thinking about having an innovation firm, you got to talk to Chris, right? That's how this works. It's about who it's not for more than it is who it is for. I write the practical advice I wish I got when I first entered crypto. So I share practical advice for first-time crypto investors. Yeah. Right. So make it reader focused. Make it, hey, if I'm a first-time person in crypto, I'm going to get something out of this. Yeah. Yeah. I share how introverted SaaS sellers earn a million a year without sacrificing their health using systems thinking. I created the OS for seven-figure sellers, helping 6K SaaS sellers become a systematic seller. Okay, so my first just uh, take on this bio is we got a lot of numbers working here. Uh, a million a year, seven-figure sellers, 6K plus SaaS sellers, a lot of, lot of numbers and a lot of the word seller, right? So there's an opportunity to kind of go, all right, I'm kind of saying a lot of the same stuff over and over again. Let me trim this down. Let me just focus on one, all right? There's a great rule of thumb that when you're writing an article that's presenting a lot of data, you want to base the whole article around one data point. You don't want to base the article around, well, here's 27 different data points, right? So A is, do you want to focus on the helping lower end SaaS sellers, which is the last part of the bio, 6K plus, I help, you know, 6,000 plus SaaS sellers, or is this more, I want to emphasize the revenue. I help people doing over a million a year. You know, I would pick one because they're both kind of saying the same thing. It's either credibility of here's all the people I help, or here's the credibility of the type of person that I help, you know? Yep. I write about reflection strategies for multi-passionate individuals to align their everyday tasks to their North Star. I actually, I, this resonates, I would say, so that, right? What happens when a multi-passionate aligns their everyday tasks to their North Star? Or I get a little confused on what is the North Star of a multi-passionate individual. So I almost mm-hmm. think I help multi-passionate individuals find their North Star is a way that you combine that via personal reflection, right? So if you rewrote that into, I help multi-passionate individuals find their North star via personal reflection. Sounds a little bit better to me. Mm -hmm. 
Or yeah, or can you truncate it even more and just say focus strategies for multi-passionate individuals? I help people with a bunch of passions figure out how to focus. You know, you have to pick and choose, you know, what what is it that you want to write more about? But I think it's it's always helpful to write the whole thing out in one big sentence and then try and chop out little words right? Is like, how can I get rid of all the little stuff? And just what are, what are the main things that I'm trying to say here? Alex, I think this is pretty good. I break down high-tech companies to help you invest in volatile growth stocks. So you, you, you went from volatile stocks to volatile growth stocks. I love mm-hmm. it. Former something MIT rocket scientist turned full-time investor, 3 million AUM and growing. I'm That's following great. you, dude. <laughs> yeah. You just learn to follow. Like what's your Twitter handle? Cause I want to go follow that. It's great. Yep. Yeah. That's, awesome. that is a great example of specificity started with, I write about stocks more specific. I write about volatile stocks, more specific. I write about volatile growth stocks, right? And more and more and more tells me. And so you guys just got to see that live. He said, I write about something. I was like, that interests me. My brain goes, why should I trust you? former MIT rocket scientist, and you have 3 million in AUM. I'm sold, right? That's it. That's the whole game. You guys got to see that in action right there. Yes. All right, we we got a few more minutes here. All right. Uh, Midlife coach. So I love that category. It's not life coach for everybody. It's life coach for people right in the middle of life. And here are all the problems that you're experiencing right when you're in the middle of life. Okay. Now here's where it falls apart a little bit. I facilitate all the parts of you that want to make a key decision, find courage and do it. Okay. We all can feel the broadness of that, right? We, we, we don't, it's hard to wrap our hands around it. What, but what are we actually doing? Right? So if you're calling yourself a midlife coach, Go all in. Don't hedge the bet, right? Be uncomfortably specific. I help, uh, you, you know, I, it depends on how much you want to twist the knife. You know, I, I help uh, anxious 30 to 45-year-olds let go of their childhood dream and accept the career that's in front of them, Right? So all of a sudden the reader's like, whoa, that's me, right? So you want to try it. V1, it's okay to be like, I help people achieve their dreams, find courage and do it, right? But you want to really sit there and go, okay, but if I was doing that with someone, what are we really doing here? And then put that in the bio, right? There's a huge difference between I help you make decisions versus I help you let go of that childhood dream that never happened, right? It's more specific. You feel it more. There's a huge difference between I help you do it versus I give you frameworks that allow you to go from A to B, right? And you have to decide what is A and what is B. So that's, I honestly, I see this in like people who are in coaching in general. This is like a theme. Like every coach struggles with this, I notice. So you want to you want to spend some time thinking about what are you really doing with people and put that in the bio. I talk about how entrepreneurial parents can build relationships with their tweens so they can head into teen years with a solid foundation. I like the specificity on 
entrepreneurial parents. Mm-hmm. I like tweens. I would say, what does a solid foundation do? Yes. That would be my yeah. only change. What does it mean to have a solid foundation? Mm-hmm. Right. This bio gets 10 times more powerful when you say, so they can build relationships with their tweens so they can be financially independent by the time they graduate, you know, or so they can start their first business and pay their way through college or so they can, right? Don't just settle for it to build a foundation. What's the foundation? What is it? I help B2B publishers and associations build better audiences through innovative digital content, subscription acquisition, and renewal marketing strategies. That's not bad. Yeah. I think um, build, I mean, Dickie knows that my least favorite word in the entire English language is the word better because better just implies incremental improvement right? There's nothing exciting about better. So I think you can cut associations. I think you can just say, I help B2B publishers. But then the question is what kind of publishers? Like what is, can, is there a modification word that we can put there so that people get it even more? And then can you just say instead, uh, I help B2B publishers leverage digital content, subscription acquisition, and renewal marketing to do what? to double their revenue or to 10x their reach or to do what that's the opportunity uh, uh, conservative value investor i write about conservative investing without taking too many risks for beginner investors who want to learn about value investing i think you could cut i think you would Conservative investing implies without taking too many risks, right? So yeah, I write about conservative investing for beginner investors who want to learn about value investing. That's a little bit more crisp. Mm-hmm. Definitely a V1. I think mm-hmm. I think over time you'll learn like what are the things about being a conservative value investor that are most interesting to readers? How can you emphasize that? Um the beginner thing too, you know, like, is this only for beginners? Is there a different audience that over time you want to speak to more? Those are things that you're going to have to learn, but as a V1, this is pretty good. All right. We got five more. Multilingual teacher and languages learner sharing my passion for language learning. Okay. Here's, um, this is a universe. This is another universal mistake that people make when you put in your bio I'm just sharing what I'm learning. It's kind of like hedging your bet and saying to people, hey, don't take me too seriously. I'm just sharing what I'm learning, right? Which is very different than someone who plants their flag in the ground and goes, I talk about this. So personally, I would strongly encourage avoiding language like, I'm just sharing what I'm learning, right? Because you're not really owning what it is that you're doing. And the first half of this is an amazing opportunity to own that multilingual teacher or multilingual teacher and languages learner. Okay. So get rid of languages learner. Cause if you're a multilingual teacher, we would assume that you're always learning, right? If I'm following you, I would assume that you care about the thing that you're writing about and you're always getting better. And then instead of sharing my passion, what are you giving to the reader, right? Multilingual teacher. 
I will teach you how to learn these one, two, three languages in less than an hour. You know, how can you tell someone, this is what I'm going to give you. Okay. So avoid the language of, I'm just sharing this because I love it. Because when the reader sees that, they're like, well, that's great that you love it, but what do I get? Right. I talk about how to get started with blockchain and cybersecurity. 10 times technical author, former stand-up comedian. I write how you build your digital startup. Okay. So first thing out the gate is does, you can leave it. This is a subjective thing, but it's just worth being aware of. Does former stand-up comedian help the thing that you're writing about at all? If it's something that you're regularly adding as part of your content, then leave it in there. But if you never talk about comedy and you never write anything that's funny and it's never really part of what you're creating, I would say you don't need it to be part of your bio. Okay. So you have to make that decision. Um, and then two, notice these are two giant categories. A, I talk about how to get started with blockchain and cybersecurity. So those already are like two very big things that someone could just be an expert in one, let alone two. But then on top of that, you also say, I write about how to build your digital startup. So now we have a conflict issue. Like, which one is it? Is it, I help you build your startup or I explain blockchain and cybersecurity to you. And again, as a V1, it's okay. But over time, the data should reveal to you which one are people most interested in. You might be like, wow, every time I write something, cybersecurity just takes off. Okay, so at a certain point, you got to make the decision. You know what? Maybe I just double down and I just, I'm all in. I'm the cybersecurity person. All right. We got to call it. Got to call all it right. just because we could go on for hours and hours and hours. What, what we will do is one of the next Captain Stable Masterminds will be a full bio breakdown. So we'll get to yep. make sure everyone gets to get that. Outside of that, we just wrapped up the entire Ship 30 curriculum. We've covered a ton over these last eight live sessions. Ideas, headlines, formatting, Twitter threads, data, analytics, rewriting your bio, all of that. And now we're going to wrap it up with a couple more days of writing, and we will bring it all home during Sunday's celebration call, where we will lay out, where do you go from here? You got a bunch of different paths you can take you've crammed an entire year's worth of writing down into 30 days. What do you do next? So we're going to dig into all that on Saturday or on Sunday. Cole and I will be tuning in from the jungles of Costa Rica. And so yes, we will. we'll be coming to you live from there. Watch. If we didn't get to your bio today, we will try and get to it at another time, but you can also see the lessons we applied to the ones we did get to and how they would apply to you as well. Mm -hmm. So Hope this was helpful. I will see everyone on Sunday. And until then, keep riding, make it to day 30, and we'll see you then. Amazing. Thanks, All everyone. Right,